0: Have you ever used the term or had someone use a term of they're putting kind of a wall up where you have to get their wall down so they can open up and feel comfortable? Sometimes it's based on a topic. Sometimes it's based on a behavior. Sometimes it's based on whatever the emotion may be that causes someone to kind of climb up, hold back and not want to express the feelings that they're feeling. But what happens when we do that so frequently? We put that wall up to others and even to ourselves. I'd almost say especially to ourselves. A wall that holds back negativity. A wall that holds back feelings of sadness. Feelings of anger. Feelings of anguish. These are normal human emotions that need to be processed At different points in life when we encounter those sorts of experiences without processing them, they can just fester for quite some time, just in our own psyche. But does that energy, that pent up anger, that sadness, that whatever it may be, that runs the spectrum of negative emotions when it's held back in us for so long and it just keeps being added to just a silo of negativity. That we don't want to deal with. We just keep throwing into that silo. And maybe someday we'll deal with it. Or maybe not. Maybe we'll just hold it back over there. Could that silo. Of those feelings that are never dealt with. Could doing that. That very action. End up making us. Essentially a playground. For dark energies. Spirits to. Attach to. And use. Against us. For their own will. It's something to think about. It's something that that seems to make a lot of sense after hearing thousands of stories. Quite often when someone is doing that, while it may initially have been with good intent and look, I'm going through this over here and I need to be here for my kids or for my mom or whatever and I'm just going to hold back all these emotions right now because it's a crisis situation and I can't process all that right now so I'm going to compartmentalize it over here and deal with the now but then never getting back to dealing with the, com- the compartmentalized emotions. That can be a recipe for disaster. It can be a recipe for disaster without Paranormal intervention. But it seems when you have sometimes that paranormal intervention, it can make it much, much worse. That's what happens in our next story. As a young woman has to compartmentalize and put away all the sadness and anger and grief that she's feeling because she has to deal with the now, but doesn't really get back around to ever dealing with those feelings. She becomes a vessel for something very dark. That follows her to this day. Take a listen. This story covers the past five years of my life, at least the bad parts of it, as this shadow man only tends to show up at the worst of times. Shadow people are a steadily growing phenomenon, and no one really knows exactly why. I find the entire subject fascinating, even despite the rather negative history I've had with them. Truly, with one. I've seen stories of them in a good light, where they have gone so far as to protect someone from something else. I've seen accounts of them as observers. I have read experiences in which they were tormentors. I personally can relate most to the latter. It started when I was 14, My spirits were quite low at the time. My grandmother had died. My grandfather had moved up to New York to be with his biological children. We had moved into their old home because it was more spacious than ours and still right on the same property. Living near there was nothing short of a constant reminder of the loss for me and, as I found out shortly before Christmas that year, for my mom. It was her mother and stepfather. It was going to be one of the first family Christmases without either of them. She was not doing well. And my dad had foregone his promises to be there for her more than he had been, had in fact done the exact opposite and started staying away from more often. That was how it all began for me. And as much as my mom had been there for me throughout the years, I wanted to be there for her. I decided that rather than cope with my grief, I was going to ignore it, ignore feelings overall so that mom would have somebody there for her. I in absolutely no way blame her for any of the following events. It was my decision, and she detested it herself. When I tossed all those negative feelings out the window and locked it before they could find me again, it seemed something else did find them. It started very simply. I saw shadows, out-of-place shadows darting across the wall out of the corner of my eye. Glimpses and mirrors and reflections and windows. And seeing them would always leave me feeling inexplicably grief-stricken, depressed, scared, sometimes even angry, but always confused. These feelings were not mine, but they were affecting me so strongly that they became mine. My mom later told me that she had seen shadows occasionally as well, but never said whether they affected her mood because I never mentioned to her that they affected mine. As things went further downhill, news of my grandpa dying in New York the following January, the stillbirth of my brother and his wife's first daughter a year later, my dad finally getting kicked out and taking all of our money with him to go live with my mother's best friend and my godmother. The shadows just kept appearing more and more often to me. In early 2009, things were finally looking up. My mom had met the love of her life. He was more like a father to me in a year and a half than my biological father had ever been. Her divorce with my dad had finally gone through and they were undoubtedly going to be getting married soon. A week after the divorce was finalized, she died. Brain aneurysm, just like that. Everything was sour again. And more so than ever, she had been not only my mother, but also a sister, a best friend, a short sort of mom that no teenage girl would be embarrassed by because she was just that awesome. And she has gone faster than I could have blinked. Over the next few months, I isolated myself, and that's when things got worse. I saw the shadow head-on for the first time in around May of 2009. I was being homeschooled at the time because I found it impossible to put on a happy face and go to school like everything was perfectly normal. And I had a habit of finishing schoolwork early in the day and spending the rest of the day just hanging around the house. It was maybe one in the afternoon and I was in my room reading, feeling good, and quite suddenly, for no reason at all, that good mood drained away from me. I felt almost on the verge of tears. I felt a feeling of absolute terror for no reason at all, so overwhelming that I felt physically sick. I put my book down on my lap, unable to focus. Head on at the foot of my bed, I saw the source of my despair. It was dark, it was in a humanoid shape, and it was tall enough that it had just about touched the ceiling. It appeared to be hooded and had glowing red eyes with no other features. I sort of squinted, thought maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me. Maybe it was just a shadow reflecting from my window. But it was there, standing like some strange three-dimensional shadow at the foot of my bed. I hid under my covers like a scared five-year-old. I'm not even going to try to pretend that I stood my ground. I was terrified. At that moment... I was five years old again a five-year-old that had just seen the boogeyman but had no parents to call into her room to make it go away the strange alliteration of my feelings connected with its appearance my first thought was that this had to be demonic there's no way that it could have been the spirit of a human i did not stay under my covers for long where i live it's so warm by the middle of may that you hardly want to sleep under covers They're just sort of there for decoration. I very slowly peeked out from under them, saw it was gone and got out of my room, grabbed one of my guitars from the computer room and darted outside. I waited for my stepdad to call on his way home from work and did not go back inside until then. Around six o'clock, five hours later, it luckily was not that humid outside that day, but I do not think I would have cared either way. "'I saw him again on various other occasions, but never that close up. "'Normally, as a two-dimensional shadow against the wall at my closet door "'across from the foot of my bed, "'the only time I can recall seeing him three-dimensional again "'was during a trip to the lake with my brother and a few of our friends.' One night, at this point in time, the summer of 2010, I was living with my brother's family in the same house my grandparents had once lived in. My stepdad had been forced to leave in late 2009 to take care of his parents, both of whom were stricken with health problems that rendered them incapable of taking care of themselves. I was sitting on the beach stargazing when I happened to glance off to the side and spot the shadow person standing on the rocks to the side of our swimming hole. No one else saw him, or if they did, they certainly did not mention it. But he stayed there the entire time we were here. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me until I watched him walk up the rocks as we were leaving. It was later that same night that I told one of my friends about my experiences with him. and opening about it was liberating. Until my friend left and I came back inside by myself about 30 minutes later, the shadow apparently didn't want me feeling liberated. For as soon as I closed the back door of the house and locked it for the night, I heard a growl inside the house, a growl that sounded like nothing I had ever heard in my life. It was animal, it was human, but it was not either at the very same time. I doubt anyone, human or animal, will be capable of making this noise." A moment later, I felt such a powerful surge of utter negativity hit me that I became dizzy and I felt something standing behind me. I was afraid the shadow was going to be right behind me and I closed my eyes and sort of stumbled out into the living room. The feeling of someone standing over me faded when I sat on the couch and grabbed my laptop, but I still felt him. He was there. He was watching me and he was not giving up that easily. It was a few minutes later that I saw the light in the laundry room with the back door to our houses flicking on and off. Not flickering. Flicking implies that it was irregular, like a light blinking just before it dies or in a power surge. But no, this light was going on and off, on and off. The place was very steady and rather slow. I swallowed my fear, thought like a skeptic. Maybe the wires were crossed. Maybe it was just a strange power surge. The breaker box acting up from the side of the house. The kitchen light was off after all. And the only light I could see from that side of the house was the laundry room light. So I stood, walked through the dining room, through the kitchen, and watched the light switch in the laundry room go up and down on its own a few times before settling into the off position. Another wave of negativity hit me. He was standing over me again, standing behind me. Anger was the strongest emotion that was being put off by him. He was showing me that he was capable of manipulating things physically if he wished he could. If he so wished, he could also physically harm me. I hurried back out into the living room. I didn't ask God to protect me. I had started looking into the shadow people by this point, and I had seen that as a common element in most shadow people stories, where the shadow person behaves less than kindly to the narrator... Ask God for help, and the shadow person is dispelled. I had tried this a couple times when I saw him in my room, and it seemed only to encourage him, so I was not trying it now when he was already so angry. Instead, like a pitiful child, I found myself huddled on the couch, begging quietly for my mother, for my grandmother, who was, for much of my life, had been like a second parent, for my dad had never bothered being. And to my utter surprise, it had not been to any purpose, just the pitiful child in me doing what was natural. It worked. I did not see them. I did not necessarily feel them there, but I felt the negativity lift away. I went to my room afterwards and slept uneasy with both the overhead light and my lamp on. After this, Seeing how the shadow person reacted to me calling upon my loved ones for help, I decided to be best if, rather than let him intimidate me right back into isolation, I became even more social. I continued talking with my friends I mentioned before about it, as well as with my brother. The shadow apparently decided to counter me with similar tactics. If I could be more social, then so could he. My brother, my older nephew, and I returned home from the lake one day to find my sister-in-law looking quite terrified. "'My brother asked her what was wrong, and not five minutes before we turned home, "'she saw something out of the corner of her eye and looked up to see a tall shadow "'on the wall to the right of the computer behind the television console. "'It looked human in shape, but it was a bit large. "'It seemed out of place, and she looked around to see what might be casting it. "'After seeing nothing that could have cast it, she glanced back in time to see it walk.' at a leisurely enough pace, across the wall, across the hallway, and disappeared to the left of my door. At this point in time, I had not told my sister-in-law about the experiences with the shadow man, and neither had my brother. This was like confirmation for me. Before, I might have been going nuts. Now, someone else had seen it head-on, someone I had not even mentioned it to. Once again, the shadow was showing me the extent of the power I had provided it. That it could use others, people I cared about, to get to me. Once again, I did not let it deter me. I could fight back too. I could be positive. I did not have to provide it with the negativity it fed on. For at this point, I was positive that it was what it wanted for me. For a while, I had been the perfect source of negative emotions. But no more. As I got more social, so did he. As I told more people of him, he showed himself to more people. I could feel that he was getting angrier, that his tactics were falling short and molding me back into a lonely, depressed girl that had been a perfect source of negativity for him to feed on for years. One night, sometime late in 2010, he decided on a new tactic. I was in my room one night. It was already well after midnight, and I was wide awake, writing, my insomnia in full swing at this time for no reason other than to spite me. i just come back into my room from getting a glass of water, observed that my oldest nephew, five at the time, had come out of his room and fallen asleep on the sofa, which he often does at night. I checked on his younger brother, two at the time, and he was fast asleep in his playpen. The television on and turned down low as it was every night. I sat back down in my bed, listening to the sounds of quiet cartoons through the wall. When I heard the television shut off, I paused. I knew both of my nephews were asleep. If my older nephew had woken up, or if my brother or his wife were checking on the kids, I would have heard the door open, as the door frame is slightly warped and makes quite a noise when it's open. My younger nephew, even if he had woken up, could not get out of his playpen. The playpen was too far away from the television for him to be able to touch it. I was on immediate alert. I heard that growl again for the first time in months, that inhuman sound that I'd last heard outside the back door. Only this time it was in my nephew's room. My younger nephew woke up screaming. I hurried into the next room, calmed him down, got him a sippy cup of juice, and he was back to sleep in no time. But I was not exactly calm myself. This tactic had been foolproof on the part of the shadow man. My nephews mean the world to me and have gotten me through much more than they will probably ever know. I would do anything in my power to protect them. They are a weak spot for me, apparently, and the shadow decided that if he could not isolate me and make me depressed, he could push the anger button. Anger is a negative emotion, after all. And little as I liked it, it worked. Of course, I was angry. He had terrorized my nephew for the sake of getting to me. I was angry he had gone that far. I was angry it had worked so well. And I was angry at myself for letting it work. He's not done this again yet, and I'm extremely glad for that. At this point in time, I do not feel threatened by him. He only had as much power as I gave him. If I have my nephews as a weak spot, he certainly has the power to anger me at the very least. However, I've learned to control the effects of his own negativity on me. I try to stay on guard at all times. And as long as I'm on guard, when he comes around, I can sense the negative emotions he puts off, but they don't affect my own emotions. From what I've read on shadow beings like this one, for one, I recently found an article on hooded shadow people of his exact nature. The accuracy with which it described what I was going on through unnerved me uh, very, very much. He may be around for quite some time. At the very least, I can say that there are much worse things that could be stalking me. I do not believe him to be demonic, though I certainly do not consider him benevolent. For now, I will deal with him the best I can. I have my weapons against him, and he has his weapons against me. More than anything, he does not have quite as terrible an effect on me as he had even a year ago. I find him quite an interesting subject for study, as much as I hate to admit it, I might be a little sad if he left me alone forever. I'm very sorry this was so long, but to be honest, I would even consider this to be concise with as much experiences as I've had with him, as much as I've read on Shadow People since he started approaching me. I could probably write a book on him at this point. This just includes when he came into my life and the most notable experiences that I've had with him. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Want a commercial-free experience of the show with access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories? Sign up at Apple Podcasts right now and try it for three days free. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash stories.